What's going on, guys? This is Dave with Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on the Sp- we're on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and we're presented to you today by WinBet. Bet fifty dollars at WinBet and get two hundred dollars in free bets. Bet big, win bigger. With WinBet, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today. And don't forget about IP Vanish. We're also brought to you today by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com backslash SGP. That's ipvanish.com backslash SGP. And don't forget about our SGPN Discord. Make sure you go over to the new Discord server, the perfect place to interact, sweat the bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Discord. All right. Well, we have two special guests on today. Jesse, I'm going to introduce you first. How are we doing today, sir? I am good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. What do you got going on in the, the fantasy world right now? I know we're getting ready for the season to ramp up. Where can we find you? Yeah, so you can find me on, obviously, on Twitter with the username at the bottom of the screen. Um, I Most of all, actually, all my content is on League Winners at the moment. So FF League Winners on Twitter or theleaguewinners.com. Um, and I am currently, like, finalizing my rankings, um, getting ready to fully dive into redraft season. So where we produce all the articles and all the fun stuff. So just, just ramping, getting all my ducks in a row and make sure I'm ready for the start of the season. Awesome. And for those listening, it's at J-M-O-E-L-L-E-R-05, capital J-M. Jake, how are we doing today, sir? Well, I was great until I used the fan, and now I've like dried my eyes out uh, to the point where I'm in pain. But uh, we'll, we'll fight through it. Flu game, right? Um, yeah, so I appreciate you having me on for the, for the second time. I'm excited to talk. I'm doing well. Um, you know, just like working on the usual YouTube a uh, bunch of podcasts. Uh, started covering the Jets, so that that's cool. That's why I got that little, you know, mini jet helmet in the back. Um, and uh, I have an MCU show now. If anyone's interested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe outside of this, and that's why I have the the Spider Man thing there. But yeah, everything's going well except for these eyes. <laughs> well, hey, I'll get, let you uh, fix that for a second. So I want to talk a little <laughs> bit about how how I met Jake La- last time he was on. Um, there was someone, someone was out there, put something on Twitter and was upset because uh, somebody asked him to be on the show and he said, you know, well, how much are you going to pay me? And they were like, um, no, we're not going to pay you. I just thought you were going to come on. And so he talked about how he's got to, you know, not only do the show, but prep and take time off, of, you know, other things. And uh, people were kind of irritated with that. Like, hey, man, like a lot of people don't do that. And so Jake was on there like, Hey man, I'll go on anybody's show for free. So I was like, uh, well, Jake, uh, I know you got, you know, a thousand invitations, but here's one more. Uh, if you're interested, we'd we'd love to have you on dynasty dorks. And Jake was kind enough. And, you know, we had a blast. It was the the fans really kind of led the show. I don't even know what we're supposed to talk about, but we just basically just answered fantasy football questions for an hour. And it was a great time. Oh, it was a blast. Um, you know, it's funny. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Just like a very innocent comment, like, oh, I'll come on your show for free. And then you're right. I got like thousands of DMs. And I'm like, I mean, hey, I, mean, I don't mind the, the attention and I don't mind the exposure. But holy hell, I totally did not calculate that out correctly. 
Well, and Jake, you undersold yourself a little bit. So um, I did. For, for everyone that doesn't know, um, what do you, what is your involvement with the Rams? So I cover the Rams for uh, Downtown Rams, um, which is my company. Um, but I also cover it on a, my YouTube channel, which has actually grown considerably since that tweet. I think around that time, I had about 4,000 views. or four, Not 4,000 views. 4,000 subscribers. Uh, now I'm at 14,000 almost at 2 million views. So it has been a ride. Um, and we just started opening, you know, coverage for the jets on my channel. Um, so, you know, if anyone's interested in that, uh, really excited to follow two teams, especially two teams that don't clash. They're not rivals. Uh, I live in upstate New York, so it's even better for me. Um, and you know, I've already been extremely lucky to be a part of just such a great community the Jets fans have opened their arms up and, and basically just brought me in without any sort of questioning. They know I'm a Rams fan. They don't care. Uh, big, big shout out to Jet Lounge. They've done, you know, just incredible stuff and, you know, th- just a great community there. So it's always nice to kind of, you know, because as you know, I mean, we talked the last time. I have a very broad knowledge of the NFL. I always have. And so early on, I kind of got pigeonholed as a Rams guy, but uh, I know my way around the league, um, you know, all over. And so it, it's it's cool because I still cover the Rams. I still love the Rams. That hasn't changed. It's just now, I guess uh, it's more of a challenge. I'm adding on another team, um, you know, covered the NFL uh, from a betting perspective, you know, last year with the game day. So um, hopefully to do that again this year, we'll see. But just doing a lot of different things to try to, you know, broaden the scope because like I said, I mean, I like talking about all the teams in the league. Well, and go follow him on TikTok. apparently for baseball. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently for baseball, follow me on TikTok uh, at JK Bogan. <laughs> uh, so, um, so just so everyone knows what we're, we're scheduled to do today, we're going to talk about quarterback values. I think it's always important when you're looking at your drafts, everyone's looking at the ADP, everyone's looking at rankings I like to compare them, you know, there's no real sleepers anymore because so many people are putting out content, but really what you're looking for is values and reaches. So I know that, Hey, you know, like ECR or the, you know, the rankings that I trust have this guy as the 14th best player, but I can get him in the, you know, 14th receiver. I can get him in the fourth round versus, you know, ADP says, I'm going to have to pay a second round price for this guy that I kind of like. So I'm just going to get other guys instead. So, um, and we're going to talk about my uh, Trey Lance price check thread. Cause I want to, I want to test Jesse and, and Jake against the thread. So before I bring up the results, so we don't cheat here, I'm just going to start off Jesse, Jake, Trey Lance or Josh Allen. Yeah, that's, that's pretty easily Josh Allen for me. Josh uh, Allen's the best quarterback in football. Yeah. So, uh, so we're yeah. going down, and we're going to use the ECR to kind of go down the pecking order. Patrick Mahomes or Trey Lance? Mahomes. Mahomes. Justin Herbert or Trey Lance? Herbie. Herbert. Uh, let me see so I don't forget anybody. Lamar Jackson or Trey Lance? Lamar. Lamar. Joe Burrow or Trey Lance? Burrow. Starts getting interesting with Burrow because I'm lower on him, but it's still Burrow just based on the market. Kyler Murray doing his homework or Trey Lance? <laughs> Kyler. Kyler. Dak Prescott. I can't believe they put 
film review and his uh, contract. <laughs> no video games either. <laughs> Speaking of TikTok, I have a TikTok of it was all it is is a Twitter post and me laughing at it, and it's got like sixty thousand views right now. So you can go check that out at Dynasty Dorks. Um, Trey, Trey Lance or Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott. Dak. Trey Lance or Russell Wilson? Russ. This is where I start struggling with those guys, and it's team build associated. Like, if I have a win now team and I want a QB I can trust and, like, don't worry about it, it's Russ. Um, if I'm going with the younger build, I'm going to take Trey Lance in this situation where I'm, like, rebuilding just because his ceiling and growth could put him in the top five where Russell Wilson cannot get into the top five anymore no matter what happens. Yeah, I always put age. I'll copy on the, that I, answer. <laughs> I, I try to put age on these dynasty threads. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to sway the vote, but I, I just am trying to give people some context. There's a lot of times you just kind of just vote without thinking, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't give you context. So Trey Lance or Jalen Hurts? Trey Lance. This is tough. I'm actually pretty high on Hurts based on the fact they went out and they got A.J. Brown. Devontae mm-hmm. Smith is there. I mean, they're hoping about, you know, Rieger, Wolstie. Um, I'm going to stick with Hertz here. And Hertz is interesting. Not only is he only, he's only 23, Trey Lance is 22, but he was a second-round pick, so he only has that four-year contract. He does not have the fifth-year option. So the team is going to have to make a decision on Hertz faster than they would yep. someone like a Trey Lance who's drafted in the first. That's the thing. He doesn't have the same, like, safety net that Lance has. Where, say, if he fails this year and, like, these struggles, they can easily move on with the draft capital they have and find a replacement quarterback for Hurts where yep. the uh, Trey Lance, are investments. Trey Lance or Matthew Stafford? Lance. This is a dynasty question. Because I think you got, you got Stafford for another five years. I mean, I could see, you know, most people looking at that like they have a five-year window, right? Um. I'm going to say Stafford just because he got the contract. We know it's five years and Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to say Stafford Trey Lance or Deshaun Watson. I'm going to say Trey Lance because we have no idea what's going on with Deshaun Watson. We there, you just can't really predict what's going to happen with that. So this is the one I will struggle with more than anyone else. Just because Watson's the, the only other player I could see jumping into that, like basically tier one of quarterbacks Mm -hmm. say if like, his whole legal situation was just discussing like that clears out and that's gone. And you're just comparing the two players. Watson has proven that he is like basically a QB one of ones along there with Allen and Mahomes. Um, but I'm going to take Lance until that situation. Like, figures and out. Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Lance. Lance. Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence. Lance. Lance. Aaron Rodgers. Lance. Lance. Derek Carr. Lance. All right. We've gotten to the point where everything's going to be Lance, it seems like. So Mm -hmm. let's bring up the results and look at them again. um, You you won't go over every detail, but we have 92% Josh Allen, 7% either are Niners fans or trolls. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes, 90%, 95% to 5 Justin Herbert, 96%. All these are pretty clear. Lamar Jackson, 91 to 8. Joe Burrow, 86 to 14. So pretty clear uh, with Kyler Murray as well. 
Dak Prescott's yeah. were starting to a little interesting. 63-36 split. Ooh. What's that one? Dak's 29. Yeah, a little, you know, not old for a quarterback, mm. but a little yeah. older than kind of he feels like. Okay, he's ahead of that makes sense. Yeah, Trey, Trey Lance over over Wilson by a little bit. So that's the switch. So that puts him at QB one, two, three, four, five, seven? six, seven, eight. Eight. QB eight in Superflex, and he's actually QB eight in Superflex Dynasty ADP as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So interesting how it worked out. A little bit over Hertz, just a you know a couple votes this way versus the other made it a ten percent difference. Um. This is where it took kind of a swing. So Trey Lance, seventy seven percent over Stafford. Uh, 56 over um, Deshaun Watson. Again, I just went by the ECR. Stafford was ahead of Watson. Um, Justin Fields, pretty clearly Lance. Pretty little closer with Lawrence. I got to say, he's that far ahead of Lawrence, and I had him number one in that draft. Okay, he was my QB one. But I was told that Lawrence was this can't-miss, undeniable prospect. Well, and and we may be talking about Trevor Lawrence here in a few in, in a little bit. Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, mm-hmm. everybody else. So everyone yeah. else, that that's where you're at. So, um, again, I, I just I want to show that to everybody because I again I, I do those. They're fun. If you have anybody that you want to to do that on, let me know. I mean, it's definitely easier when it's more like top end players. Yeah. But if you know, like like I said, like when you're doing rankings don't just throw comments out there. Like you can, like you might respond to someone, you know, you might see their rankings or you might see somebody say, you know, CD lamb's my number four or five dynasty receiver. And you're like, people throw like a, a throw up gif or something. And it's like, okay, list your list. You know, mm-hmm, do yeah. you want 29 year old, 28 year old dynasty receivers in your startups? I don't. So like, you know, before you guys go and speak about that stuff and it also helped, you know, kind of, you know, sharpen your game up when you're talking about it because there's a lot of guys, like there's probably 30 guys we can consider as wide receiver twos. Um, but unfortunately, there's only 12 that we can actually rank that way. Yep. Well, I actually moved on from DK Metcalf in my um, my Dynasty League because I just don't know what the future holds there. I actually moved on from Saquon too, but I was able to get Mixon. Um, and I felt comfortable because it's an IDP, so I got Mixon, I got Humphrey, Marlon Humphrey, who had like eight forced fumbles the year prior, um, and I got a pick, uh, like a top three-round pick. So I felt pretty good about that haul, but with Metcalf, my biggest concern with him is just, you know, that Seahawks team isn't just going to be run only because you have Lockett, you have Metcalf, you have D. Eskridge, um, you know, you have Fant. But I have genuine concerns about him because I started to notice he's yep. somewhat declining. I, I think it, his, like, ceiling, I think he was astronomical at one point. And I feel like it's not even necessarily declined, but I feel like he might be peaking. Like, I, I feel like the best we've seen from DK Metcalf might be the best we see from DK Metcalf. Like, and that's great. Like, right. Like that's a really good receiver in the league, but is that, you know, the guy that I drafted number one overall in my draft, when I traded up for the number one pick, I felt more so potential generational talent and that's not where I feel with Metcalf now. So I kind of pumped the brakes there. Uh, I traded him away. I got some picks. 
and I came away, um, you know, with a bunch of assets and uh, was able to get my guy Alec Pierce, who I'm super high on. So feel pretty right. good about it. And so they said Geno Smith's taking first team reps. Um, Drew Locke did get he did yeah. get a couple reps with the uh, with them in eleven with the first team on eleven eleven. I did check in with the U.S. Open to see what their thoughts are uh, on the situation. Um, so TVD on that, they have not responded yet. Um, yeah, it's 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 not great I'm for almost, Metcalf. <laughs> I'm almost wondering more if you know what's going to happen with Eason. He's the most intriguing to me because you know he only had one game he played in with the Colts. Was thrown yeah. in there in the Rams game after Wentz went down. They pulled the plug on him because basically the Colts are the team, and I'm not hating on it. Chris Ballard is that guy that wants to go out and just win. So yeah. he went out. He got Philip Rivers. Then he goes out. He gets. Carson Wentz. Now he goes out and he gets Matt Ryan. I have to imagine he's going to go out and get another guy after Matt Ryan. So mm-hmm. I, there's no point of keeping you know him at that point because yeah. Easton's not a good backup right now. He's developing as the three guy in Seattle, and he's in Washington again. You know, I think there's something there. They might be able to develop him. Maybe he is a you know kind of a, a late riser at the end of camp, and we're talking about him. I mean. Geno Smith and, and Drew Locke are not guys that are like, no doubt about it, you can't touch them. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see with Eason, but that was really interesting when they went out and got him. I think that's the guy to look out for. Yeah, like Geno, like being, I mean, the Washington, so I'm pretty local with all the stuff in Seattle. Um, Geno is very much the floor guy. Like, he's not going to kill you, whereas someone like Locke could absolutely just, like, destroy you in a game where he could have four or five interceptions, like that type of game. Yeah. He does have a higher ceiling because he has that quote unquote arm talent, but he makes terrible decision after terrible decision after terrible decision. Yeah. And basically with um what's his name? The QB three we were talking about? Oh, uh, Jacob totally Eason. Big. Jacob Eason, yeah. He's basically just a dart throw for Seattle. Like they're yeah. hoping they find something with him. But for that situation to work out, like Gino has to be terrible and Drew Locke has to be just abysmal on top of it. So it's very much a dart throw situation for him. Yeah, yeah. C- Seattle's definitely um, more, more, more or less looking towards the 2023 class for yeah. for their quarterback, and that's the hope. Um, so that's going to be it's be tough, you know. You know, DK Metcalf for you know this year is going to be a tough one with Geno or Locke or a combination of him, both of them, and Eason, and then next year you get a rookie quarterback. So mm-hmm. yeah, it could be a rough couple of years. And DK's sitting out today. Um, he's you know they're working on a contract apparently, but. So uh, we're gonna before we get into our quarterbacks, I'm gonna check in with our sponsors. A little break in the action. We'll be right back. All right, so let's talk about win. Uh, make sure you get down on the wins bet fifty win two hundred promotion, where a fifty dollar bet qualifies you for up to two hundred dollars in free bets. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. The reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. And don't forget about the ultimate fantasy football experience. It's not too late. You bet 500 plus on sports or casino. Before July 31st, you get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts and you, for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, backslash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com, backslash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your bets today. Offer subject to change, terms and condition apply at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please have them call 1-800-522-4700. And again, don't forget about our SG, SGPN Discord. 
Make sure you check out the new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat the bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Discord. So let's talk about our first quarterback. And so I'm going to let – we're going to start off with Mr. Matthew Stafford. Jake, let's let's talk about it. I I don't know what's going on. Like, what does this guy have to do to get some respect? I, I feel like he has it among people who actually know what they're watching. Uh, but, like, 85 overall in Madden, I think he was rated, like, the 10th highest. He just hasn't been getting the respect. But this is somebody that I understand he doesn't run. And I think that's a lot of what people look for now with Dynasty and just any fantasy quarterback in general. I mean, you want, especially in a standard, I'm always looking at that as like a cheat code, right? You want like a Lamar Jackson who's going to give you six points on a rushing touchdown instead of four uh, on a passing. So, you know, obviously people are always geared towards looking at quarterbacks that can run it and get a ton of yards and mobility. Uh, But Stafford doesn't need to because I'll tell you right now, Many people may not realize it, but when they went back out and they got Liam Cohen, who turned Kentucky into a top four offense in the SEC, they started to change their approach. Sean McVay has hinted at it. You can't be the same team you were last year. It was good enough to win you the Super Bowl last year. Won't be good enough to win you the Super Bowl this year. So they're going to change things. Okay, They had the 24th ranked rushing attack last year with Stafford, which means he had to really put the team on his back. But I think even more so, I think they're going to focus on the passing attack, and here's why. Last year was kind of fluky, and the reason that they weren't able to get off the ground the way they could have, and as great as Stafford was, the reason I believe he could have been better, is because they lost Robert Woods. Then they bring in OBJ, and he's got to learn the offense. All of a sudden, you have second-year wide receiver Van Jefferson, who had like 220 uh, receiving yards the year prior. Now he you know, has to step into a bigger role. And then you have Cooper Cup. You know, so that Cooper Cup goes off like he he just absolutely takes off. But the thing about this year is that they have curated the perfect offense for Stafford. I do believe OBJ will be back in late November, but he doesn't need to be back for Stafford to have, you know, exponential success. I think this year Uh, what you're looking at is first off Cam Akers. They expected to have a big portion of the passing attack coming through the backfield utilizing Akers and Hendo Henderson in that role, right? Well, Akers, you know, tears his Achilles, and it kind of changes everything. They have to go out and get Sony Michelle, who really didn't fit what they were trying to do. That was more so let's get a guy who we feel comfortable with, just he can run the ball, he can pass protect, he can stay on the field, you know, so forth. So that they went that route. But now they have Cam Akers, and, and we've seen what they want to do with him, wheel routes, uh, you know, slip screens, things like that. Uh, Daryl Henderson, especially, we saw that in the Super Bowl. He had a lot of experience in the Super Bowl from Kendall Blanton, who had a pretty good day today in camp. I know it's just camp, but, you know, he's worth mentioning as a backup to Tyler Higby. You have Tyler Higby, who, look, this is a guy who he's probably going to have 300, 400 yards because of how many weapons are around. But make no mistake about it, he's going to help out Stafford. The scene busters over the middle. Uh, you know, he's really turned himself into a well-rounded player. And really, if he was in any other situation, we'd be looking at like 800-yard receiver. But now you look at Cooper Cup, who's coming into a year where he just won the Triple Crown. Okay, he just won the Offensive Player of the Year award. He won the MVP uh, in the Super Bowl. 
but Cooper Cup is going to garner a lot of attention because of that. So the Rams, instead of running with the status quo of bringing back Robert Woods, much as I love the guy, they wanted to diversify the receiver room. So they add Allen Robinson to an offense where, let's be honest here, Stafford's a pinpoint accurate quarterback. He doesn't struggle. He's not overly generally accurate. He's pinpoint accurate. So having that you know, catch radius as big as what Allen Robinson has, I think is going to be massive. We saw many times last year Stafford's throwing it up to, you know, Deshaun Jackson, and he's staring at the ball. We saw in the Super Bowl, he gave Van Jefferson an opportunity to go up and make a play. Jesse Bates made the play. So that's the thing. Now I think you add Allen Robinson, and all the attentions on Cooper Cup, it's going to open up the door for a lot. And so I think this is going to be a fairly pass-happy offense. I have Stafford going over 5,000 yards, throwing 46 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. He doesn't have to get a ton of you know rushing yards because he's going to be throwing the ball a ton. And I do think he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks fantasy-wise in the league. And so for that reason, I think you definitely need to you know bump him up. He's not going to be on Allen's level because Allen gets those rushing yards. Allen gets the rushing touchdowns. But he is going to be, you know, in that, you know, top top seven range, I would say, maybe even top five, maybe top three. I'm expecting big things out of him. And I think the reason being is I do think Allen Robinson is not only in for a resurgent season, but he's in for his best season. We talk about it all the time. Oh, can you imagine if Allen Robinson had a quarterback? He's had Andy Dalton. He's had Justin Fields in his rookie year. You know, he's had Blake Bortles. I mean, we could just go through the list. He hasn't had anybody on the level of Stafford. So now he comes to the Rams with Stafford. He comes to the Rams with an offense with direction. No longer Matt Nagy. He's got Sean McVay. And you have to imagine that, you know, Robinson could really, you know, reap the, the benefits of having Cooper Cup always being the target, being double teamed. And that's why, bold prediction, I have Allen Robinson leading the entire NFL in receiving this year. And I think it's going to happen. This is somebody that just had 400-something yards last year. I think it's 412 to be exact. Uh, he, he might have gone through COVID. I don't know exactly, but I do know he was banged up. And I do know that he was pretty checked out at the point where he didn't get along with Nagy. He was just done. You could tell, you know, he was ready to get out of there. You know, free agency is coming up. And guess what? They get him. They sign him, uh, you know, with the Rams. They sign him for half as much as Tyreek Hill just made, you know, with the Dolphins. I think he is going to be a steal for not only the Rams dollar, but where he's going in fantasy, I mean, it is crazy. What I saw like wide receiver 40 the other day in one of the leagues I was in. Um, it, it's pretty crazy. So looking at Stafford, again, I understand, you know, dynasty. You may not want to hang on to him over a guy like we mentioned, Trey Lance. Uh, but you got five years with Stafford, you know, and, and I think he is going into, we saw last year, one year in this offense, learning the offense. And he wins the Super Bowl. He's among the leaders in passing. Uh, this year's going to be even better. And I think this is a guy that, you know, you're going to want to jump on because I do think the value's there. And regardless of how good he was last year, people still have that that thing over him that's hovering over him, that, mm -hmm. that stigma of he throws picks. And I really don't care because now if he threw 17 last year, now he's got Robinson who's going to go up and turn those 50-50 balls he threw into 80-20 balls the other way. So that's why I, I really do think that we need to start bumping him up and start realizing that he's among the best in the league.
Well, and, and snuck in a quarterback, uh, uh, stuck in a receiver on this one. So we're talking quarterbacks, but you guys got a lot on Allen Robinson, and that's why we brought Jake on the show. And I agree completely. Um, he's definitely someone I'm telling people to target as far as Allen Robinson. And I, I scooped him up in hopes of him being a free agent. And then, of course, that you know he, they got tagged. Um, so I, I'm, I was stuck with Allen Robinson last year. But when he signed with the Rams, I was happy. And Matthew Stafford's my most rostered dynasty quarterback. I've always been a, uh, you know, a Stafford guy. So I love it. I love seeing him win. You know, um, just good, good dude. Uh, number one rule in all your leagues is know your settings. Uh, it's just a basic mm-hmm. rule. And six point scoring touchdown for passing touchdowns in qu- for quarterbacks is not a standard setting for a lot of leagues. But if it is the settings for your league, it helps these guys like Stafford and closes oh, yeah. the gap between these rushing, you know, quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I I prefer six point touchdown for everybody. I do think you know it mm-hmm. balances it out with these you know passing guys and you know it's it's pretty crazy when you know 100 yards passing is is you know four points but 100 yards rushing is 10 i mean it's just a huge differential right there um yeah but let let's move into the next guy and you know we will we'll pair this back um cuz i do want Jake's uh, opinion on this but Jesse let's talk about Kirk Cousins Okay, so basically the way I look at Kirk Cousins is he's discount Matthew Stafford and discount Tom Brady. And what I mean from that is he's not going to give you any rushing. Like, that's not his game at all. He's basically passing and touchdowns and everything like that. So in six-point leagues, like, I love him in those leagues. But even in your standard four-point passing touchdown leagues, he's great. He's been a QB one in points per game five out of the last seven years. And that's with the Vikings having a very low pass rate. The last two years, it was 58%. And the year before that, it was 54% under Mr. Curmudgeon, Mike Zimmer. And now you bring in a head coach. <laughs> Bonus points for you for saying that. You like that? Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. So now they're bringing in the coach from the Rams, and they're bringing over that whole the system that they're bringing. And they have repeated nonstop how much they want to figure out to use Justin Jefferson and Thielen, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be involved. And then you're bringing back Irv Smith this year, coming back from an injury. And, like, those three are going to be the basically the target hogs, along with Dalvin Cook, who they're talking about expanding his pass-catching role. So what it sounds like is that systems go for this offense. And I know everyone always talks about Kirk Cousins sucks in big games. He can't produce, blah, blah, blah. But, like, listen to this stat. So <laughs> – the Vikings allowed TDs on 32% of their opponent's drives in the final four minutes before half or the end of the game. It was the worst in the NFL, and it was 686 out of 686 teams since the year 2000. So it was the worst, basically, on record. The defense absolutely destroyed them last year. And so it set so up- you're saying Mike Zimmer, who's a defensive-minded coach, was not doing his job? He was very much failing at what he is supposedly <laughs> great at and oh, man. they had just a disaster with injuries last year on the defense like the linebackers were just awful the secondary was just you didn't even know what was going on so it just led to these very terrible situations and the vikings still did not ramp up the passing like you would expect in those situations so it was basically the coach holding back Kirk cousins um and in fantasy he's basically dirt cheap he's gold um i was looking at like underdog adp and he's qb 15 and I'm like, I don't know what we're doing here. If he's QB 15, he's a lock to beat that by a lot. And if you crank up the volume this year, he's going to be a QB one for the 
like sixth season in eight years, and he could even push into that possible like top eight. My hot take is that he actually outproduces Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow this year on a points per game basis. So I'm very much all in on that offense. Just and that means I mean Justin Jefferson also leading the NFL in receiving yards and all that fun stuff. So I'm very much all aboard the Kirk Cousins hype train this year. Well, I, I just wrote an article and what I looked at was, you know, QB breakouts and people always, you know, they made fun of the article and said, Oh, so the, all the entire 2021 class. And I'm like, well, I mean, the breakout candidates, of course, like you're not going to predict seven, you know, seven or eight year breakouts for quarterbacks. Like Geno Smith's not breaking out. Sorry. Um, no. But when I looked at it, you know, everyone wants the Konami code quarterbacks. Everyone wants a rushing quarterback, but nine out of the 12, top 12 quarterbacks last year through over 30 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And so people forget that like passing touchdowns and passing yards are part of the upside. If you run for 800 yards, that's fantastic. But you know, Jalen hurts did not finish as the top five receiver last year, despite having almost 800 yards on the ground because he only threw 16 touchdowns. And so like those numbers are going to go up, but like, Mm -hmm. Again, looking at those things, like people are like, well, Jay, you know, Justin Fields could run for a thousand yards. Okay, well, if he's, he's no 15 touchdowns. Like he's, gonna, he's not going to be a top five quarterback, you know, and mm-hmm. you're paying a lot for him. Um, but I think with Kirk Cousins, people forget, and Matthew Stafford, they forget the upside that comes with these guys that can throw th- for 300 yards every single game and give you two touchdowns every single game. And so, so I, I love that. Um, you know, Kevin O'Connell, let's talk a little bit about can – can you please talk about his his role with the Rams last year, um, Jake? And, you know, one thing I, I love looking at the playoffs last year, you know, I know it's Sean McVay and his tree, but let's not forget it's Kyle Shanahan's tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked around, looked around the playoffs, and out of the 14 teams that made the playoffs, I'm pretty sure 10 were, were had something to do with, you know, Kyle Shanahan. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Super Bowl ended up being McVay versus – his assistant coach, Sean Taylor, or Zach Taylor. So, um, so O'Connell's the newest. Uh, what, what can we expect? So O'Connell didn't call the plays as many people know, but he actually, you know, he designed a lot of, you know, the offense with Sean McVay because he's been there for a minute. And, you know, with him, um, I mean, he was calling in preseason, so he has experience calling plays, albeit it was pretty vanilla. Um but that's worked, you know, that's something in his hat. Uh, but on top of that, I do believe he called, uh, he called certain, um, it was, I think it was third down or, or they went for it on fourth. I forget what it was, but he called certain plays. Like he, he had some moments where he was able to call plays and, and, uh, you know, call in, uh, some audibles to Matthew Stafford and the headset and things like that. Things that he noticed. Um, and, and keep in mind, he did not, chill up in in the box uh the whole time you know so because he wasn't up in the the box watching the game and calling it from the box i know a lot of people like that but those are the guys that are least likely to translate to being a head coach being on the sidelines things like that so he's gonna have that experience but i think the most important thing here is that he's injecting the washington offense back into Kirk cousins which he's missed let's be honest i mean Mm -hmm. You know, he had Pierre Garçon, he had Deshaun Jackson, he had, you know, Jordan Reed. I mean, he had all those guys. And his last year with Sean McVay, he had over almost 5,000 yards. Uh, he didn't have the the touchdowns that he's had since, you know, the last, you know, couple of years. Um, he's had, you know, over 30, at least 30 uh, in, you know, three of the last four years. So he didn't have that. 
Um, but what he did have in 2016 is that he had uh, a 67 uh, completion percentage and 4,917 yards. So mm-hmm. this is somebody to me that now he's back in his comfort zone, but more so, you know, like this is the big thing I always say about Kevin O'Connell is that he just watched Cooper Cup do incredible things. And, you know, all of the the big-time tape grinders on Twitter uh, refused to give Cooper Cup, you know, his credit because, you know, he was kind of schemed open at, you know, times. And they give a lot of credit to Sean McVay, and trust me, he absolutely deserves the credit. I don't think Cooper Cup gets enough credit for what he did. But at the same time, you have to keep in mind that, you know, O'Connell saw what they were able to do with cup. He, mm-hmm. they saw, he watched this whole season. He was a part of that. You know, he even was part of the reason they were doing that. Um, but when Robert Woods went down, like Cooper cup stepped up. And so he's looking at this guy, Justin Jefferson, who only knows what it's like to go over 1300 yards, you know, in a season. I mean, he is a freak. I don't know why mm-hmm. he isn't considered and I love Cooper Cup. I don't know why, you know, Justin Jefferson isn't considered the wide receiver one in fantasy right now. Um, because to me, he's only excelled at an extremely high level since he's entered the league. Um, and I, I look at him in this type of offense, and I just think, why can't he do what Cup did? You know, why can't he? Uh, Cup isn't the athlete Justin Jefferson is. Uh, he also isn't the guy that's going to go up and get it the way Just- Justin Jefferson can. Um, it's not to say he's necessarily not as good as Justin Jefferson, but it's that, you know, Jefferson had 1,600 yards last year. He was second in the league in receiving without this type of offense. And I feel like he knows it's coming on. I feel like O'Connell does, and I feel like Cousins does. And trust me, I mean, they could have gone out and O'Connell could have been like, you know, what, let's get somebody else. But he's sticking by he's sticking by cousins and he's sticking by cousins because he knows. And I'm yeah. sure Sean McVay, when he was advising him, you know, throughout this whole decision to leave and, and where to, to go, because, I mean, he had other, uh, you know, jobs that definitely were open for him. Um, but I think when he was weighing his decision, I th- I'm sure you know, in talking to Sean McVay over this, McVay is like, you got to go with Kirk. I mean, you know, look at what Sean McVay did with Kirk Cousins. I mean, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins was a guy that was very much thought of as a potential uh, guy that could come into the Rams. Uh, a lot of people thought, don't forget, 2017 rolls along his last year with Washington. We already know he's going out the door. And we had not seen Jared Goff play. We have not seen Jared Goff win a football game. So at that point, you know, people were like, ooh, McVay went to the Rams. Could they trade for Kirk Cousins? I mean, you know, so that was a like people forget that was a thing that went around and and you know, there was some push there. There were some rumors going on, but you know, then Sean McVay came out and was like, No, 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 I took this job. A lot of the reason was because of Jared. I don't know how much I buy that, but you know, uh I don't think he had a choice coming in, obviously. Mm-hmm. But cousins make no mistake about it. Uh, last year, cutting down his interceptions to seven, um, which is the lowest since you know 2019 where he had six, but he had 33 touchdowns last year. You know he yep. had over 100 passer rating. He's done that in three straight seasons. Mm-hmm. I just think when you combine, you know Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you know you mentioned Irv Smith. Really excited to have him back. 
it's going to be a bummer not having Conklin. I'm a big fan of his, and he'll be good with the Jets. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't rule out guys like KJ Osborne, you know, Amir mm-hmm. Smith-Marset, you know, and then the running backs. I mean, keep in mind, you know, the Rams, they had a little bit more of a committee. Now, obviously, Dalvin Cook can be your guy, no doubt about it. But don't sleep on them getting, uh, you know, Madison involved. Uh, because he is a pass catcher as well. So I think there's going to be a lot of mixing up, and I think they're going to use a lot of jet motion and try to do things and, and and try to, you know, say like Thielen might be the woods of this offense where, you know, they're running, you know, those rub routes to to find ways to scheme Jefferson open, even though it's already easy for him to get open off the line of scrimmage and one-on-ones. Why not make it easier? And, and mm-hmm. you know, scheming things open, O'Connell's seen that up close and personal with Sean McVay, and he's probably like, well, there's no reason why I can't do that. So I think this is uh, this team can win this division, and I think Cousins can be a top-flight quarterback. It's why coming into this year, um, I don't know why he's not top 10 in most lists because I think he's stellar, and I just don't think he gets enough credit. No, for sure. I agree with all that. And, um, you know, with, with you know with Cousins, um, you know, again, just like Stafford, just being underrated every year. Uh, so let's let's check in before we go to the next one. Let's check in with IP Vanish. Um, did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish. Uh, the VPN makes it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that you, your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more um, will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can you can use IPVanish on unlimited vice, devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Um, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com backslash SGP. Use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVANISH.com, bachelor's SGP. Go there, go there today. All right. So I, I want to, I know we talked a little bit about uh, Trey Lance already. So I'm going to be pretty brief on him. Um, but I just talked about Kyle Shanahan. We talked a lot about Sean McVay. This, this whole situation with them just like walking away from Jimmy Garoppolo is very much how Alex Smith was treated on his way out. And that shows me a lot of confidence in Trey Lance. And, and I trust Kyle Shanahan. I don't trust what running back he's going to be uh, putting out there. you know. But I do trust him as a play caller and as someone that he's always had a good quarterback in fantasy. He had Matt, he got Matt Ryan up to you know number one overall. He had Robert Griffin killing it. I mean, he's had, he had Nick Mullins out there putting up historical numbers. Nick Mullins. I mean, this guy is just amazing. And, you know, with Trey Lance, you know, one, uh, Nick, uh, Nick Scripp, shout out to PWW Fantasy. He put out a, a you know, tweet the other day and talked about how, how does Debo Samuel and um, George Kittle have you know, X amount of receiving yards, but Jimmy Garoppolo is 24th 
in, you know, in, in air yards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this could be a Trey Lance tweet. This could be a Kyle Shanahan tweet. I mean, it's going to be a Tua tweet. I mean, that's how they're going to run their offense. They're scheming things up. They're making it easy. Why, why target a guy 50 yards down the field where there's a much lower chance of completing the ball? Well, you can just hit him seven or eight yards down the field and, and scheme him open every single time. I mean, Shanahan is just a genius when, when it comes to this. Um, and, and I think with Trey Lance, you're going to have more mobility outside of the pocket. I mean, Dale Jeremiah, move the stick, shout out to that show. Um, you know, they talked about it. You know, when, when Jimmy Garoppolo does that bootleg and he gets out there in the open field, that's it's tough, but you, you don't have to worry about him running. With Trey Lance, you have to worry about him running, and he is a big boy. It's not going to take, you know, a little corner to take him down, and a corner is going to have to make a business decision if he wants to, you know, to make that, you know, make that play. So it's just it, – it opens up a whole nother level to this offense, and I love the fact that he got to sit a year and got to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm looking forward to see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know what's going to happen with him. But the team has obviously turned it over to Trey Lance and the confidence in which they're doing this. I'm excited. In Dynasty, he's super expensive. It's going to be hard to go in out there and buy him. He's QB 14 in, in redraft. And, and that's where the value is. Um, you can get him in the eighth or ninth round of your draft, and you already like set your team up, and then you put Trey Lance in there. And then you can go back and get Kirk Cousins or someone that's a little safer in a couple a couple rounds later. I mean, they're just the upside for for Trey Lance because of Kyle Shanahan in the passing as well as his rushing upside. Uh, I mean, there was games last year where he scored two touchdowns, only played like four snaps. I mean, th- there's just there's a lot they can do with him, um, and I, I think that you know he's got some really serious potential, and he's going to be a very expensive dynasty asset this time next year. So let's talk about Zach Wilson. Um, you know, you know, we know Stacy's mom has got it going on. Zach Wilson, uh, he's had a great offseason. I think uh, he's got more MVP votes than Aaron Rodgers at this point because of his uh, work off the field. Um, Jake, uh, what are your thoughts about Zach Wilson? Is he going to break out this year? He most definitely is uh, because there's a guy by the name of Joe Douglas that knows what the hell he's doing, unlike most of these uh, teams that draft young quarterbacks. And they're like – man, I don't know why you're not doing your thing. Just do it. And it's like, well, I don't have an offensive line. I don't have weapons. Uh, I don't have a running game. What, what do you want me to do? And, and Zach Wilson last year, uh, I know a lot of people, you know, are like they question his accuracy, right? Well, he was on the run pretty much the majority of the year. I mean, you know, the, the surprising thing is George Fant, who I watched a ton, you know, being a fan of the Rams and, you know, seeing the FC West up close and personal, uh, George Fant was terrible with Seattle, but for whatever reason, when he went to the Jets, something clicked. Uh, he worked really well last year, over 800 snaps. He gives up one sack, exactly what you want, right? And now Mekhi Becton can go back to his actual position, in my opinion, going back to when he was at Louisville at right tackle. They go out and they get Lake and Tomlinson, who, you know, in my opinion, you go back, you look at, you know, what he did with Mike LaFleur, who now is with the Jets, and he's a pro bowl. So, you know, they're hoping he can, you know, catch that fire. Uh, you know, you have a top 10 center, in my opinion, Connor McGovern. And then you look at Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, he's a first round pick, a guy that I was very high on coming out. And, uh, you know, he showed some things. So uh, I really like their offensive line. I think they have the potential to be top 10 this year. So right off the rip, 
you know, you have protection all of a sudden. Like, things are different for Zach Wilson. Uh, and, you know, should Mekhi Becton go down? Because I know a lot of people look at that giant stature and they think injury-prone, right? Uh, in case he goes down, they did draft Max Mitchell, who I do like, uh, to be that guy, you know, is relief, essentially. Um, they're even talking about signing, uh, you know, George Fant to a long-term deal now. So uh, we can, we'll see if that works out. But again, offense line looks good. Then you look at the running game. And Michael Carter, for me last year, was good enough. Like, I- I'm totally fine as Michael Carter being my RB1 on a team because he can do it all. But the Jets did not want that. This is not the era of Sean Green as your number one running back. You got Brian Westbrook with the Eagles, Steven Jackson with the Rams. Everyone has their number one. Then there's a true backup. This is the era, like, if you don't have a Jonathan Taylor, a Derrick Henry, or, or, you know, a Joe Mixon, somebody like that, then you're probably going to have a pretty good two. And that's what the Jets were going with here. They demoted, essentially, Michael Carter, as good as he was last year. Uh, Looks like a a future Naeem Hines for this offense uh, as a pass catcher. They demoted him by going out and getting Brees Hall. Um, Brees Hall had 800 touches in college. So you can look at that. You know, the pessimist in me is kind of like that's a lot of tread on on his tires. Reminds me of Bishop Sankey coming out of Washington. However, I'm going to look at it in the positive side. This guy is already – he's able to withstand, uh, you know, the carries. And I don't think they're going to use him crazy in the first year. He's not going to be Najee 400-touch usage, uh, anything like that. And they don't need him to be that. But he's huge for Zach Wilson because he can help you as a receiver. He can help you in the running game. He can help you just punching the ball in the end zone, getting on the board, things like that. So now you have that. So you have the confidence in your running game. Of course, you have Tevin Coleman coming back. He'll be running back three. Not a bad third-string running back there. Ty Johnson will probably make the roster as well. So you got four solid running backs. Uh, Brees Hall has a chance to break out. Michael Carter is going to have a significant role in the passing attack. Then you look at the receivers. And this is where I just like – this is chef's kiss to me. Because you got a guy in Braxton Berrios who's like best friends with Zach Wilson. They have a great connection. He's wide receiver four. I mean, Zach Wilson doesn't care. He'll throw to anybody. You know, he'll throw to him. Corey Davis, if he fixes the drop issue, he's going to be a pretty solid three. But notice how I said three, because Garrett Wilson, I think, is going to be massive in this offense and not as massive as Elijah, uh, uh, Eli uh, Moore. Because here's the thing, with Moore coming into this year, he got hurt last year. They were really developing a connection. Then he gets hurt, right? Well, this year, you know, he's healthy. He's ready to go. And I think when you look at Moore, he's probably the most can't-miss, you know, second-year breakout guy that you could just pluck out of the hat. I mean, he he seems pretty obvious. Um, my big, bold prediction about the Jets is that I don't think any of the skill position players go over 1,000 yards because I think it's going to be so well-balanced. Um, and then you look at the tight ends on top of that, and I just love the pickup going out and getting Uzama, who's going to be more of a blocking guy. I know a lot of people love that name. You know, he was in the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow, all that. Tyler Conklin is the name you want to you want to talk about when you're looking at guys that are going to you know produce on a fantasy level. That's the guy I'm looking at. Not Uzama as much, but I feel like Uzama's the Johnny Smith for the like the Patriots last year, and I feel like Conklin is going to emerge as the Hunter Henry, the guy that gets the uh, you know, the red zone targets and things like that. So the reason I think Zach Wilson, when it's all said and done, is going to have a breakout season is because first off, he had nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions last year. 
That wasn't great. But what I saw at the end of the season on tape, this guy was clearly putting something together. He was gaining some momentum, and the season ended. But now he's got better weapons. He's got time. He's not going to be throwing on the run every time. And so because of that, I think the drops are going to go down because I do think a lot of that came down to the fact that he was really generally accurate because he wasn't able to step into his throws. So the drops are going to go down. Uh, I think he's going to get more opportunities because now you're throwing a guy. It's not just Corey Davis, but you go out and you get Garrett Wilson, for instance, who I think is a way better fit than Olave. Uh, Olave isn't a yards after the catch guy. He's just not. He's a guy that's going to stretch the field, go deep down the field. Great. But the the thing that I love about Garrett Wilson, and I mean, I have, you know, Jamison uh, Williams ahead of him on my board, but the thing I love about Garrett uh, Garrett Wilson is that he sets himself up so well, uh, positions himself so well, where he's going to be a problem in the open field. And I feel like when you look at Wilson, obviously this guy can run. And in a fantasy setting, that's going to be beneficial. But I don't think he has to run too much. I think maybe he adds you a couple touchdowns, but I think he's going to throw 30 touchdowns. He's going to throw 13 interceptions. And I haven't thrown over 4,000 yards this year because I think when you look at how they're going to run their offense, Mike LaFleur trusts Zach Wilson. They just need to go out and get the pieces. I They believe in this kid. He gained 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason, which I don't – I never see anybody talking about. Uh, I just keep seeing, you know, people look at the baby face and they're just like, I don't see what you, you like in this kid or whatever. And the thing I find the most funny is how he's basically six, three, uh, you know, he's listed that and everyone acts like he's so small. I mean, what, you know what I'm saying? So, so this guy, I really think he he's just the perfect candidate. If you're looking at anybody to just truly break out, we're not talking about a Kirk cousins, increasing a lot right because Kirk Cousins is already really good we're talking about a guy that a lot of people were saying that the Jets should just give up on after last year uh and this guy I think is going to be among you know the top half of the league uh you know in passing and so for that reason I think he's going to be a top 16 quarterback fantasy wise I really do I think we're looking at a guy that you know maybe in year three goes in the 40 touchdown range um as he develops the rapport with those guys but uh, more, make no mistake about it. I see him finding Pater nine times this year. I see, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson getting in seven times. They're going to have around 800 yards to kind of balance it out, right? No thousand yard receiver, but they're going to get a lot of volume in the, uh, you know, the premium era uh, area of the, uh, you know, the red zone. Um, but I just really like, you know, everything set up for Zach Wilson this year. And this is because Joe Douglas didn't just sit there and said, just make it happen, Zach. We've given you all we can. He went out there and he made it his mission. Okay, we're going to get Sauce Gardner because we can't pass up on the best corner in the draft. But now we're going to go out and we're going to get you Garrett Wilson. We're going to get you. I didn't even mention Jeremy Rucker. He's perfect for the long term. They're going to the slow play it. I mean, tight rookie tight ends, they have the hardest job. I mean, what Pitts did last year was incredible because, I mean, rookie tight ends essentially have to be offensive linemen and wide receivers. So it's not easy to just come in right away and succeed. So I like how they're doing it with Rucker. He's a guy to, to mention, you know, long-term uh, yep. in Dynasty. I love him long-term because I think he's really going to develop with uh, Wilson. But, yeah, I absolutely love Zach Wilson this year. A uh, big reason why I decided to cover the Jets, to be honest with you, because I really liked what they did and when I was choosing. It was between them and the Colts, and I, I got to say, he, he prevailed over, you know, covering Matt Ryan. As much as I like Matt Ryan – 
covering this young quarterback that has potential to be one of the faces of the league. It's a it's a sight to see. So, you know, Jets fans have a lot to be excited about. We'll see what happens. They do have to play the entire AFC North to start the season. I don't know who they pissed off in the NFL, but, uh, you know, we'll see. But I really do think it's going to be a really good year for Zach Wilson. I, I, I would stamp my name next to it. Awesome. Yeah, he's he's had a great offseason. Uh, not not just, you know, the, the funny stuff off the field. Um, you know, I love what Joe Douglas is doing over there and uh all the all the stuff he said about building the line and the weapons around him, everything they're not doing for Justin Fields, unfortunately. Oh my god, I know. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it's really bad. All right. So let's let's talk about um Tom Brady and, and just wasn't Kevin O'Connell drafted as like Tom Brady's backup at one point to bring it <laughs> he all was. back? Um, that's just how crazy Crazy, the thing is like i love seeing the madden like when tom brady was in was in madden and like the graphics then versus now are just like oh it was brutal back then somebody commented commented about their madden grade and tom brady was like um they didn't even put me in madden the second year (laughs) so so um so let's talk about you know tom brady i think everyone at this point knows julio jones signed with tampa bay um they also had Chris Godwin, you know, avoid the pup list. So good day for for Tampa yesterday. The the rich get richer. Julio does not go to to Dallas or, or Houston or not Houston, uh, Dallas or Indy or Green Bay that people kind of hoped he went to. And Julio's not exactly Julio from a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, maybe maybe he can make a resurgence here with Tampa. Jesse, what are your thoughts on on, on Tom Brady? Why you want to bring him up? So I love Tom Brady as like a discount top five quarterback this year. Um, You could basically lock it in. And I know they were basically extremely aggressive last year with how they called plays and went about like top and pace of play. Brady was like number one in like air yards. He was number one in deep attempts. And like everything you looked at, it was like the dynamite situation for your quarterback to hit his peak pretty much. And I don't see them going too much away from that because even though Arians is gone, He's still got Leftwich, and let's be real, Brady's calling like that offense. It's Brady's offense. Leftwich is working with him. If Brady doesn't want to do something, Brady's not going to do it. Um, so when I was looking into it, when he initially came back and announced he was coming back, he went into the coach and had 12 names immediately ready to go of who he wanted to bring in to help them improve for the following year. Like Brady's just a different beast. Like you, you watch his documentary this year, and you just see he's on another level from everybody else. Like he's the prototypical leader of like all leaders and the first person he called on that list was russell gage that was brady's guy to target and that's why gage got a three-year 30 million dollar deal with tampa and that helped solidify the wide receiver core with basically godwin you didn't know when he was coming back and then it was kind of just open they lost a b gronk retired so insert julio and now you have a healthy godwin and then you have gage so you basically have mike evans locked in as the wide receiver one Depending on what happens with Godwin, it's going to be Gage and Julio, and Gage is going to be going on the inside. If Godwin comes back, then you basically have four wide receivers who are very good. Like the thing with Gage is he's very discounted, but he had a 22% target here last year, and his yards per route run were over two, which is a really good metric to go with. And yep. I know there's nobody else in town, but it was he out-targeted the like the tight end god Kyle Pitts, so he was actually proven like I can do this, like I'm a good wide receiver. So Brady went out and got him and added him to the list. And I know they lost like Ollie Marpet, um, but they brought in Shaq Mason for basically peanuts just mm-hmm. because 
Tampa could do that. And Brady's like, hey, let's go get this guy from New England. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. And then they drafted the guy in the second round who's a run-blocking guy. So they add him to the list, and basically that offense is set for another year with Brady just to go bananas on the league. So he's going to, like, QB9 in redraft. In Dynasty, he's basically, like, a second-round pick. So if you're looking for someone who is going to push you in for, like, win now, like, Brady is the cheapest guy you can get. And it might only be one year, but that's locked in production where you don't have to worry about it and you know what you're getting. So I'm very much all in on Brady and all of the weapons they have. And if Julio is just stays healthy, like that, that I don't know how you stop that offense off. It's just yeah, like, they, it's they, impossible. They also added, you know, Ryan Jensen came back mm-hmm. immediately. They added um, Kyle Rudolph recently. Um, yep. They've, you know, and they, they drafted Rashad white, which I think was an underrated um, selection. He's a very good pass catcher. They, you know, kind of had to turn Leonard Fournette into a pass catcher the last couple of seasons because Ronald Jones can't catch. Yep. Giovanni Bernard couldn't stay healthy. But Rashad White um, could be a very sneaky play, especially if Fournette went down. Um, but Rashad White is someone that uh, I have a whole lot of shares of in, in Dynasty and been targeting him everywhere. Yeah, so yeah, he's the guy that you target late just in case something happens to Fournette because then he's an RB1 for you this year. So one last sponsor to talk about, and it's Dave, uh, not me, um, Dave. Um, you know, just level with me, guys. At some point in our lives, we've all have been a little tight on cash. Maybe you could only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank, or you, you got another uh, save the date, and you're wondering how you're going to afford to afford the gift. That's where Dave can help. Uh, if you're living paycheck to paycheck and struggling to make ends meet, it can really be stressful, and when unexpected things come up. Um, Dave can help you out in a pinch when you really need it. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and you can't change the past. But if you could help, you know, get a little help from your future self, uh, maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Um, now you can with Dave. Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to five hundred dollars instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a gift, or catch up on bills. Um, you can finally tackle those expenses you've been stressing out about without any hangups. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have da- downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief with the, the need for extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave. Think of it as helping your future self. Download the Dave app at the App Store. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for extra ca- extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. Uh, terms and conditions uh, apply at dave.com. Bachelor's legal. Uh, instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member of the FDIC. Future you will thank you. So the last guy that I want to talk about, you know, we mentioned him earlier, Trevor Lawrence, and another guy that they're doing a lot around him to help him out. And I know there's a big, you know, hoopla about Christian Kirk and the big contract and all that. And everybody, you know, when you see the headlines of these contracts, you have to look at the details. It was not a twenty-one you know, million dollar contract per year that was, you know, reported. It was up to $21 million. It was actually a $16 million contract. Christian Kirk is not the fourth highest receiver in the league. Um, yes, he's getting paid higher than most likely you rank him. Um, but Christian Kirk has, you know, he, he got he got pretty good. He got really good money um, in, in regards to being, you know, a slot receiver. They still have Marvin Jones. Um, despite being over 30, has had back-to-back over 800-yard seasons. They brought in Evan Ingram. And the biggest the biggest move of the offseason was getting, you know, obviously getting rid of Urban Meyer. And then they brought in Doug Peterson, who is a very quarterback friendly coach. And, and and let's not forget, Trevor Lawrence was a highly touted prospect last year. 
And he was thrown into, you know, the worst possible toxic scenario you could possibly put him in. So he's had a great offseason with the addition of Peterson. Now Travis Etienne's back. They added a bunch of weapons. They did a, you know, did a nice job on the defense as well. Um, they, they locked up the left tackle uh, in our long-term deal. They, last year they got Walker Little, so he'll compete. Walker Little was a second-round pick, very highly graded by PFF, and he's going to compete with Taiwan Taylor for that right tackle spot, and I think he probably takes it. Um, but really, I look around here, and, and Zay Jones, you know, he had a pretty, pretty, pretty nice year quietly last year for the Raiders, stepped up with all the Henry Ruggs situation going on. Um, Lawrence offers you some of that upside as far as the rushing, but I just, I just turned back to like, this guy was, it was, you know, a really, really highly uh, touted talent and people are just ready to give up on him. He's going as, you know, QB 17 in some, you know, some drafts. And I don't think he's ever going to be any cheaper. Uh, I think as soon as you, you, as soon as he starts playing this year, the the price tag is going to go up and it's going to be way more expensive next year than what it is right now. So I would go out and get Trevor Lawrence if I can. Again, I just I think the Jaguars are heading in the right direction um, with the Doug Peterson, you know, signing, uh, you know, as a head coach, and you know all the things they're doing there um, in, in Jacksonville to support um, Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, at that at that price, I'm, I'm in. Anyone else you'd like to mention before we get out of here? The only other guy I thought about uh, was Mr. Jameis Winston. And, um, you know, I know Jameis Winston's had his ups and downs. Um, and in, in fantasy, he's shown relevance before. We mentioned Chris Olave earlier. Michael Thomas is back to practice. You got Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. You know, they, they have a pretty good setup over there. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamara doesn't miss time, which I don't know if he's going to miss any time. There's been, like, mixed reports. I personally don't think it's going to be a big deal. It's not a domestic violence situation. It's not a drug-related situation. It's not a, a you know a DUI car accident where he's you know severely injured somebody. Um, a lot of these times, like like, have you guys ever seen the Chase Claypool video where he kicked a dude in the face? No, I have not. I've asked every single person that in the last two weeks, and nobody's seen it. Last year, Chase Claypool got into a bar fight with some buddies. Literally, a dude's on the ground. He soccer kicks him in the face, gets him a little bit of shove mattress, somebody else. Video was out. Pro Football Talk talked about it. Nothing happened. And so I just don't see a whole lot with Alvin Kamara. Maybe a two-game suspension, just you know, slap on the wrist kind of a deal. But if it's six games, that's a big deal. But mm-hmm. either way, this they, they they for Jameis Winston, this offense went and they traded up so they can go get there in a position to get a left tackle and a receiver. They could have got Kenny Pickett, could have got a quarterback. They're they're in a you know in a in a move where they're trying to win now. And they did some nice things for for Winston, getting him a left tackle, getting him a a top flight receiver, and they chose Olave over Jameson Williams, which I would have preferred Williams, but you, if you watch the Detroit Lions video, they 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 even said like in the draft room they're probably going to take Olave because they want mm-hmm. someone that can play now. And they did. And so um, it just tells me that the, the Saints are, are looking to, to play ball this year. And he's like QB 23, 22. Um, so, I mean, he's super cheap. And your super flex leagues, I think he's a great he's a great QB 3. Um, but I think he could be a QB 2 for you this year. 
Um, just with all they got going on over there. What are you guys' thoughts on Jameis Winston? Yeah, I like especially with the news of MT is like he's practicing, he's ready to go. So if you have a healthy Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and then Jarvis Landry, like those three, like that's a really good trio. And you're set up to smash. And if Kamara doesn't get suspended, like Drew Davin was poor, it was saying it might be twenty twenty three when that takes place. If it does happen at all, like then you get Kamara the whole year. Like that's those are some very nice weapons. And then Troutman, who's an overall like solid tight end, who's good at blocking and he can do some catching too. So I'm totally for it. As long as it's not like a Scott Fishbowl where it's like negative completion percentage or stuff like that, I'm totally fine with Jameis Winston as like the rare on Dark Earl as my QB too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I think people forget, you know, Jameis Winston had that, you know, game where he threw, what, five touchdowns in? And, mm-hmm. you know, he started off the season pretty solid, and then he, you know, had the unfortunate ACL tear. Um, I'm a big believer in Jameis Winston. I mean, I thought there were a lot of teams that should have been interested. I thought the Patriots should have gone after him instead of Cam Newton, um, you know, back in the day. But, you know, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, he's got – you know, Jarvis Landry, he's got Michael Thomas, you know, Chris Olave, Adam Troutman. Um, Marquez Callaway now becomes interesting as just a designated red zone target because I think they put a lot of pressure on this guy saying just go up and you're, you're our guy, like go up and be that guy. And, and I don't think he is, but, um, you know, his body control, you know, the way he can, you know, contort himself and the wherewithal to keep himself in bounds, like, He's somebody that could be, you know, an intriguing option in the red zone, like probably like a daily fantasy. Like, you know, you're trying to throw like a thirty five hundred, you know, point guy there. Um, But he he is like a little intriguing. And plus, if anybody goes down, then he's probably the next man up. Um, But I I really do like, obviously, you know, Alvin Kamara there. They did add uh, Malcolm Brown to go with uh, Mark Ingram. So. Um, you know, the offensive line, I think it's just a little bit of a question mark at left tackle because we, we just don't know how it's going to work out with penning. Yep. And, um, you know, as of right now, James Hurst is number one, the depth chart or whatever. So, you know, we'll see what goes on there, but Ram chick is like, you know, shut down right tackle. Um, Ruiz has been really good for them. McCoy's really good and, and Pete's solid. So, uh, it really comes down to, you know, protecting his blind side, making sure he doesn't have another injury like that. Um, and then, you know, I would also mention, um, you know, you, you mentioned James, uh, Jameson Williams, and, and I would just like to mention Jared Goff uh, because I think, you know, Goff's an intriguing one where you can get him super cheap because it's the stigma of he's just trash, right? Like a lot of yeah. people just don't care about Jared Goff, but – I mean, we got to talk about, you know, his his weapons. I mean, he he now has DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and then you add Josh Reynolds, his buddy from the Rams last year, who they definitely were on the same page with. Uh, Jamison Williams, whenever he plays, is going to be a stud. You have DJ Chark, who everyone forgot about. I mean, this guy's a thousand-yard receiver, gets hurt, and now no one remembers him. He signs for a one-year contract. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown had one of the craziest end of the seasons, I mean, I've seen – Really, I mean, he was unbelievable down the stretch. And then, you know, they have Cleef Raymond, who they like as well, and TJ Hawkinson. So uh, that's not to mention James Mitchell, who's coming off an injury. And, you know, I think he could contribute in some way. But when you have all those weapons, and I didn't even mention Craig Reynolds, who for no reason at all was like super productive when, you know, his number was called. Um, You know, you factor that into the offensive line he has from – left to right, Decker, Jackson, Ragno, uh, Vitae, and Sewell. 
Um, I mean, Jared Goff has everything around him that he would really need. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say this team is unstoppable because we haven't seen the offense, but it felt like Jared Goff started to get his confidence back last year in Detroit. Like, he wasn't afraid to take a shot down the field when they got Josh Reynolds, I noticed. And then he really wasn't afraid to just force feed Amon Ross safe round. Um, and, and I think that's what kind of gave them the confidence to go out and get Jamison Williams. And I didn't even mention Quintez Cephas, who, you know, caught a huge touchdown today in camp from Goff. Uh, so apparently he's getting a run as well. Cephas was good last year. Yeah, I just I think there's so much there where, you know, Goff is so – you know, widely regarded as just this this trash quarterback. Um, the Lions didn't move on from him, and no. they had multiple opportunities to get anybody they wanted in this draft because quarterbacks didn't really go off the board until, you know, round two, round three, or whatever. So, I mean, I thought that was really telling. I understand there wasn't anybody out there that necessarily blew it up. Uh, I thought Ritter was the best quarterback in the draft, and you know, I thought that the other guys had a lot of potential, but didn't have really a high floor. Um, but it was very telling that they didn't go out and get anybody. They didn't even get a USFL guy, uh, you know, to back up Jared Goff, to compete with Jared Goff. Um, Tim Boyle is their backup. David Blau is their third stringer. I mean, these guys aren't going to take Jared Goff's job away. So, I mean, as long as he stays healthy, which he pretty much does throughout the course of his career, you know, he's had a couple fluke injuries, but he's got a good offensive line now, and he's got all these weapons where, I mean, Goff could have a solid season. He's not a runner, but, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays healthy the whole year. He has 26 to 28 touchdowns, something around that. And uh, to me, you know, the value there, because like I said, I think, if you went and asked your buddy in Dynasty, hey, can I have Jared Goff? They would laugh at you and be like, yeah, go ahead. You know, like, I don't think anybody's really holding on to him at this point. Um, but I think he makes a lot of sense if, if you need that value. Yeah, and there's a perception that next year they're going to replace him. So, again, the price is low. And so, you know, don't go and pay a whole lot. That's not what we're saying. Go and get him because the value's there. And, um, yeah, in your one quarterback league's, He's a guy you can just toss in on trade. Like, hey, man, we're close. Just throw Jared Goff on there and we'll do it. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and super flex, you know, kind of you know, same thing we talked about earlier. Like, it's a guy that you can, you know, if you want to you want to get that solid QB2 or, or QB3, um, you know, look for the teams that are selling and see what they got. And someone's, you know, someone that's selling is going to easily send over Jared Goff. Um, so, you know, it's, you can definitely do that. You know, it might be the same kind of the same price talking about like a second round pick, mm-hmm. you know, things that, like that. That's so, exactly what I paid for him. Yep. So one, one last quarterback, I know we're getting a little, we're over the hour mark. So one last quarterback, uh, you know, Jesse, this little, uh, Danny Dimes, you know, he's had three different, um, you know, he's on his third head coach, um, with the New York Giants. He's on his fourth different offensive coordinator. He's missed quite a bit of time due to injury. Um, you know, So he's been in a pretty terrible situation in his NFL career. Um, He finally gets Brian Dable, who should at least solidify the head coaching job because Joe Judge was a disaster for the Giants, and it just did did not go well at all, and he basically set up dimes to fail. But this year, like, they added another piece to that wide receiver room. So you have Wandale, you have Tony, 
And I know everyone hates Galladay, but Galladay is that prototypical guy who you can throw deep and he can win you that contested catch. So you have the two quick t- quick titch guys, and then you also have Saquon, who if he's back and healthy, that's another like freak athlete you have on the field. So what you're doing is you're surrounding him with talent, and it's up to him to succeed or not. So if you're looking for a very cheap, uh, cheap QB2, like you can get him for about the same price as Jared Goff just because nobody wants him. The bonus is he actually has a little bit of a r- rushing upside. Yep. And even last year, he was QB17 in points per game, so he wasn't terrible. He was just not great. Like, he had some games that were pretty bad, but when you look at the end of the year, like, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Danny Dimes is a great best ball quarterback um, because he's usually boom or bust. Like, he's got, he had, he had three games. He he was a number, number, his first overall start, he was the QB one overall. (laughs) His first start as a rookie against Tampa, but he had three, you know, he had three games that, that year as a top six quarterback. He also had three games where he's probably a bottom 36 quarterback. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, you know, it, it, it's been tough. Um, but he was a lot better with Pat Shermer than he was with Joe Judge. And you could see it. And then you just didn't see it with Judge and mm-hmm. Garrett and Freddie Kitchens and whatever garbage they threw at him. So, you no, know, we'll see. That offensive line was, was terrible. I and would also Rick. say he might be, and this is a little, you know, out there, but he might be like a poor man's Josh Allen this year, but the way they might want to utilize him, just teach him, you know, obviously if you can't, because I understand some people think he's broken and I would understand if he is, I mean, he he could be really rattled from, you know, not having protection, having Mm -hmm. all those offenses. Like you mentioned, Uh, it's not a good, you know, uh, combination for a young quarterback. But what I would say is the way Josh Allen uses his legs to extend plays, um, you know, he cut down on the turnovers and became unstoppable when he started, you know, cutting down those turnovers and made better decisions. He became unstoppable. If, you know, Danny dimes is able to do that. Like they're, they have a chance to win the division because that's the thing. Like if they get good play out of him, they have a solid look on the defensive side. The offensive line looks better and they, they made sure to go out and make it better. And they go out and they get mm-hmm. Wandale. Wandale can help you over the top. Wandale can help you in the bubble screen game. He can help you in end arounds. He can help you with quick slants. I mean, the guy is super explosive. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him because I think Dable is going to get something out of him. Whether mm-hmm. they keep him next year, that remains to be seen. But I do th- – and I like that you brought him up because he's another one of those – you know, you have all these quarterbacks that are very status quo. Can't really talk about them because they're just typical, right? Like, we're, they're not going to – but. This guy is like the fluctuation. He could be really good or it could just not work out and they could be, you know, at the deadline trying to acquire somebody. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And, you know, I talk about rushing lines. I looked at the rushing lines from DK Sportsbook. They do have Danny Dimes at, you know, 375 for the year, which, you know, was was pretty good. Um, and then Garrett Wilson, they actually only had him at three and a half touchdowns as the, the line. Really? Yeah, I would so that, slam that. I had seven up for him. The, the highest was uh, Traylon Burks for reception yards and touchdowns, um, and then all the other ones were four and a half, like Chris mm-hmm. Olave and everybody. But Garrett Wilson was down to three and a half, the same as Jacoby Myers, hmm. um, a man that never scores touchdowns. So <laughs> yeah, um, I was, I was yeah. gonna say, isn't that like <laughs> he's like allergic to the end zone? Marcus yeah, Grant says he needs five forms of ID to get into the end zone. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you guys have been gracious with your time. I really, really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. 
time for tags. Uh, Jesse, uh, just one last tag before we go. Yeah. So you can find me um, on Twitter. That's where most of my content is always, and I'm there all the time. It's uh, at jmoller05 um, at the bottom of the screen or for the people listening. And you can find me at League Winners. So go check it out. Jake? You can find me at JK Bogan. Uh, I won't bore you with all the different things that I'm doing because uh, I already did that earlier. But uh, JK Bogan and then link in bio. I have a link tree. It has everything. So very simple. All right. Find me at Dynasty Dorks and make sure you follow all the shows over there at Sports Gambling Podcast. As always, good luck this season.